Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 41 of The Revenge of Kang, which contains chapter 17, A Touch of Grey. That's a little pun, you see, because on this page, our heroes make their way to the cabin of General Grey, uh, who is the general who mysteriously and unexpectedly signed off on Reed Richards being on an experimental space flight, which removes the need for Reed to sneak in with his friends and family and steal the ship. I mean, not that there was ever any need for him, strictly speaking, to not only steal government property, but also use it to launch his girlfriend's underage brother into space. Let's say motive. It takes away his motive to do that. Naturally, this prevents the creation of the Fantastic Four, blah, 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 a world without heroes. So our heroes, the Misfits, are at this cabin where we overheard the general saying that he's going to be staying. The cabin is a couple of miles away from the base, and here's the box text for our heroes when they approach it. Quote, up ahead, you see a small cabin protruding from the thick forest. You are sure this is General Gray's cabin since you notice his staff car parked out front. The cabin is a small one-story structure that looks as though it has about five rooms. About 50 feet away from the cabin is a small barn. Uh, There are no lights on in either the barn or the cabin. If you go to check out the cabin, you find it unlocked. uh, And according to the text, quote, A quick search will reveal that the cabin is unoccupied, though they find the real General Gray in a closet, unconscious and tied up. It's an odd definition of unoccupied. Like, oh yeah, there's no one here except the guy we came here to find, locked in a closet. I guess he doesn't count because he's unconscious. Also, it says he's fine, quote, Gray is uninjured, but he won't wake up for a while. (laughs) So this is that like superhero comics level of unconsciousness where it's like, well, somebody punched him real hard. I wouldn't expect him to regain consciousness for a few hours, but he's fine. He's he's just fine. He's just in a light coma. Some people who are criminals in New York, Spider-Man does this to them two or three times a week. Don't even worry about it. It's very convenient that the general uh, is in this very specific state of deep short-term concussion because it means that we can't question him and get any information. We just got to keep snooping around. And when we snoop around in the barn, sure enough, there's a time ship and who should emerge but General Gray. No, not the real General Gray, but Kang disguised as General Gray. He sees the misfits, he panics, and he starts shooting. Every time the heroes fight a Kang in this adventure, it's going to be a different version of Kang. In this case, it's a Kang who has a special armament, a hypnogun, which gives Kang the power of mind control at the amazing rank. Quote, Kang will use these powers to control one or two of the heroes and force them to fight their allies. So we're in a barn, we're fighting Kang, and Kang has a mind control gun. And not just any mind control gun, but a badass mind control gun. Amazing rank mind control is no joke. That means if Kang shoots it at you, then you have to make an amazing intensity psyche roll or do whatever he says. Uh, you get another roll to break free of his control whenever you do something that would cost you karma, but you explicitly cannot spend karma to resist him in that case. So, you know, I think Glass Cannon is the member of this team with the highest chance of resisting Kang's mind control at like 5%. Everybody else is in even lower single digits. Without the ability to spend karma, you know, once she's zapped, she's doing what he says. You can spend karma if you're put into a life-threatening situation, but there's no reason for Kang to do that. 
it's going to be very easy for him to zap a couple members of the team and sick them on the others. This is a good occasion to talk about how the Misfits stack up against Kang. I kind of glossed over the fight with Kang last time in the shitty pocket dimension because number one, we already had a ton to talk about. And number two, that was a scene that all of the different hero teams participated in. Like everybody found their own path to Kang, but they all fought him in the same place in their playthrough. And every super team stacks up very differently against Kang. I think the Misfits are a great example of how, like for an adventure that's got a million zillion Kangs, one Kang may well be plenty for a lot of player character groups. Kang has not only remarkable body armor, but in this version, an incredible strength force field. So he ignores the first 40 points of damage from any attack. His force field works against energy attacks and physical attacks. Only psionic attacks and magic penetrate the force field. So unless you've got, you know, a a magic character or a powerful psychic on the team, you pretty much have to be doing amazing damage just to get through, just to be doing anything to him. There are only two members of the Misfits who are capable of this. Glass Cannon does that much damage with her bare hand attacks. The only other person on the team who can damage Kang at all, Advika Ja, she has pyrokinesis at amazing rank, but she can't actually make fire. So if she can find or gradually generate a really huge fire, then she can just barely burn Kang with it. Although, you know, maybe given that he is nearly fireproof and the misfits are not at all fireproof, maybe that would not be a great avenue of attack in a barn. So honestly, if you look at the numbers, uh, there's no reason that Kang shouldn't win this fight against the misfits just by mind controlling all of them. But the tactics for Kang say that he mind controls just half of the party to fight the other half. So if Kang does show uncharacteristic restraint for a man who spends most of his time trying to conquer eternity and just mind controls two of the misfits, uh, if he chooses the wrong ones, if he chooses Glass Cannon and Advika Ja, uh, Super Ball and Silver Siren can't do anything to him. So it would be very hard for the misfits to win this fight. I think if they were all able to really dogpile him, But the mind control ray is what would really, really make it tough. Glass cannon level damage against Advika Ja and Silver Siren in particular would take them out in very short order. None of that is the dumbest thing on this page. You know, it's a superhero game. And the thing people forget about superhero comics is they're not about superheroes using their vast powers to overmatch villains. Most of the time, superheroes are outclassed and they have to find some clever way to get around their opponent's defenses. This is what karma is for. If only we had some (laughs) after the rest of this fucking adventure. But in theory, the way this is supposed to work is that you'd have karma to spend on some out-of-the-box maneuvers, try some power stunts, right? So I don't really have any objection to this. It's just interesting that the Misfits are a really bad matchup for Kang, as it turns out. Here's where the dumbest thing on the page comes in. Let's assume we beat Kang, because the adventure does, so we have to. Quote, after the heroes finish off Kang, they can enter his time ship. Inside, they find a black sphere identical to the one they found in the ship of the first Kang duplicate. The heroes will want to bring this sphere with them because they'll need it to get a fix on the location from which all of these spheres were sent out. See chapter 14. So we've found our second ball. We're two-fifths of the way toward 5D triangulation. But that comes later. What about now? What about here? What about this barn? Quote, if the heroes decide to take the captive Kang along with them to their next destination, he won't provide them with any problems for the rest of the adventure. And then in parentheses, unless you're feeling particularly nasty. Good to know. The dumbest thing in this page is that it doesn't connect the dots between these two orders of business. Number one, we've collected the second of five time balls that we need to find the head Kang in charge and take him down. Uh, Number two, we need to figure out what to do with this Kang in front of us who we've just beaten up, but who seems unsafe to handle Spider-Man style. Like we don't want to just like tie this guy with rope and leave him on top of the barn. 
Kang seems a little too dangerous for that. And the text generously says, well, if you hog time and, you know, throw him in your time machine to just carry him around, then he won't cause you any trouble, probably. Thank you. I appreciate that. But what about this fucking mind control, Ray? I mean, are you or are you not a role player? Do you not realize the issue with having us have an extremely difficult fight against a person with a mind control gun who has vital information that we could use to avoid collecting the other three time balls, by the way? Didn't it even occur to the author? Of course, of course, the first thing we're going to do, the moment that Kang looses his ridiculous purple grip from this mind control ray, we are seizing it and we are never letting it go. Why would we ever give up an amazing intensity mind control ray? And the first thing we're going to do is shoot Kang with it, probably with no idea as yet exactly what we want him to do, just because fuck him, that's why. And then once we have him mind controlled, why wouldn't we just ask him where the other Kang is? Why wouldn't we just have him spill all the secrets of this plot? Of which, by the way, there are still many yet to be revealed. If this worked and the Misfits managed to mind control Kang and get him to spill about what's really going on in this story, it would be a lot more than they expected. The the dumbest thing on this page, it's it's compound. The first thing is the mind control ray. I, I would argue it's a little bit much just tactically. It's too much power to give Kang, who's already very potent, because there are only so many characters in any given team who can even hurt Kang. Giving him the ability to take over a portion of the party really threatens to create a situation where no one on the hero's team can do anything to Kang. But secondly, if you're going to give him a mind control ray, making it lootable is another big mistake. And doing that in a scenario where Kang is then right here to be interrogated is strike three. This is this is a very bad idea. Although I have to say this is the kind of dumbness from which great gaming springs. I would love to find a mind control ray that the GM doesn't want me to have. That seems like a blast. I think if I were playing this campaign and I stole that mind control ray and the judge foolishly allowed that shit to fly, it would be a great story, but it wouldn't be this story. This story is over. Anyway, speaking of things being over, this is it for the Fantastic Four. All that happens is once you take down Kang, then you can, I guess, slap around the real general a little bit until he wakes up. And then he runs back to the base and is like, I was abducted. I was knocked out. I was impersonated. The the general who was here before was a body snatcher. But anyway, forget all of that. More importantly, fuck that guy Reed Richards. Don't let him on the ship. And so they don't let him on the ship. And so he steals the ship. And thus the world is saved. But not the whole world. Like one fifth of the world. We still need more heroes, including Spider-Man. Join me next time when Ford's Furies brave the rigors of high school to keep Peter Parker on the straight and nerdy on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>